we thank you for your grace, that unmerited, undeserved gift that you have given us so freely through Jesus. And we thank you for the grace and the gift of your word, Scripture, to teach us, rebuke us, correct us, and train us, so that we will be thoroughly equipped to live in the way that you're calling us to live in this world, a life-giving way that's also a blessing to others. And Lord, now, as we come to this time of opening Scripture, I pray that the words that I speak and the meditations, the, the thoughts, the attitudes of each one of our hearts will be pleasing and honoring to you. So we lift up this time praying that you will be at work in our hearts and in our midst, drawing all of us closer to yourself. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So Proverbs 18.21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death. The tongue has the power of life and death. With our words, we can build people up. And on the other hand, with our words, we can also tear people down. When we look at the society around us, we see a lot of words of death flying in all different directions. We hear words of anger and bitterness and lies and jealousy and complaining and gossip and all kinds of different words of death. I think about how back when I was in school, especially middle and high school, you know, at school you could face bullies and insults and rudeness from people, but then you could go home and that could be a place of refuge, at least from the, the pressures and the stressors of school and the relationships there and the, the rudeness and bullies and stuff. But now, with cell phones and with social media, it's hard, if not nearly impossible, to escape from all that stuff that happens. The words of death that happens at school can come right into the home, right, even into the bedroom as well through those technologies. We have words of death flying all over the place in broad society, and even into our personal lives, lodging in people's hearts, causing pain in people's souls. So the tongue has the power of life and death. Today we're talking not about words of death, but in the midst of our culture, in the midst of our lives and our relationships, how can we speak words of life? That is what we are looking at today. So if you're following along in the Bible, I invite you to turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. If you didn't bring a Bible but would like to follow along, you can grab a Bible from the pew in front of you. It's on page 1,211. And we're in a series right now that's called Living by Faith. Living by Faith. How do we live with a strong confidence in God even when we can't see or control what is happening? And Hebrews chapter 11 features lots of men and women who live by faith. At least we see snapshots of their faith in God through the course of this chapter. And so I invite you to follow along as I read Hebrews 11, verses 20 through 21, which is today's passage. It says, By faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. By faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the head of his staff. So we're just looking at these two verses today. And these verses highlight a couple of the big-name people in the Bible, namely Isaac and Jacob. These are people whose names reverberate throughout Scripture. But I think it's interesting, even as Hebrews 11 highlights the faith of men and women, it doesn't highlight in Hebrews 11 the faith with which Isaac and Jacob lived. It doesn't highlight key aspects of their life. Instead, it looks at two events, one event in each of their lives that happens very near the end of their life, and events that are really quite obscure, that highlights these events in order to highlight their faith 
in God. It says, by faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. By faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the head of his staff. So the picture we see here is of fathers blessing children or grandchildren. This idea of a parental or fatherly blessing is something that is not done very much in today's culture, especially in a formal or official manner like it's talking about here. So I'd like to spend some time giving us some background of what this parental blessing is all about and then how that applies for our lives. So, first of all, parental blessings call for God to work beneficially in a child's life. Back in the ancient world, this type of blessing was typically from a father to one or more sons. If it's only one, it would be the oldest son. And this was a very solemn occasion. It was heavy with significance. Frequently, as we even see in this passage, it would be a father on his deathbed, and he would call one or more of his children into his room to pronounce a blessing over them. And this blessing would be something that he has been preparing for for a while. And it's something the children have been anticipating for quite a while. I was trying to think of, of a parallel in today's culture of what it would feel like as a child, especially, and oftentimes, again, these are not just little children. These are grown, even adult children who are receiving this blessing from a father. But I was trying to think of a parallel of what it would feel like as someone going in to receive that type of blessing. And I thought of the idea of an annual report you may receive at your workplace. And you may hear that and think, oh, that, that sounds kind of scary. I don't like annual reports. But, you know, with an annual report, your boss and you both look ahead to it. Your boss is preparing for it. You're looking forward, or at least looking ahead to it. Maybe with some weightiness, some seriousness, some suspense. You're hoping to hear words of affirmation through that annual report. But at the same time, you know, you may hear some correction or even some reprimand. And it was the same type of thing as children, even grown children, would go to receive a blessing from their parent. If they wouldn't know exactly what to expect, they would hope it was going to be something good. But at times what they heard from parents were not so much blessings, but correction or even curses. But there would be a suspense as they head into that. And so, so Hebrews 11.20 it says, by faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. So this would be when they were relatively quite grown. He invoked future blessings on them. I want to read for you Isaac's blessing of Jacob that comes from Genesis chapters 27, verses 28 through 29. Because if I read this for you, it will give you an idea of what this type of blessing would have been like. So in Genesis chapter 27, Isaac said to Jacob, May God give you of the dew of heaven, and of the fatness of the earth, and plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you, and nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers, and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you, and blessed be everyone who blesses you. So this blessing starts out by speaking of material abundance, especially of agricultural success, grain and wine, these metaphors of the fatness of the earth and the dew of heaven. So it's praying for material abundance for Isaac's son. It then goes on to relationships, especially the praying and hoping that Jacob will be a leader, a strong leader 
who influences many people. And then the blessing closes with a desire that God will have Jacob's back. Meaning that if anyone blesses Jacob, if anyone serves him well, helps him out, is, is kind and caring to him, that God would bless that person. But on the other hand, if people treat Jacob poorly, that God would curse that person. And so parental blessings call for God to work beneficially in a child's life. We're going to look at four of these aspects of parental blessings. The second one is that parental blessings are spoken. Back in the ancient world, it wasn't enough just for a parent just to pray privately for their children, even though that was and still is very important. But that's not enough to be a blessing. To be recognized as a parental blessing, the words of blessing must be spoken, must be verbalized in the presence of the child. I think this is a concept that's so important in all of our relationships. That if we have positive thoughts about someone, whether they're thoughts of gratitude or just feeling like, you know, they did a great job on this or I was very encouraged when they did this, then it's good to verbalize that to them. People are not going to feel nearly as blessed or encouraged if we have good thoughts about them, but just hold those thoughts inside. But way too often in our culture, that's what happens, is that we just get busy or we get distracted or we just don't take the time and the effort. We may think good thoughts about someone. We may be thankful for someone, grateful for God's blessing in our lives through them. But all too often, we just hold those good thoughts inside without actually verbalizing them. And so one of the ways to really bless other people is to, to verbalize those blessings and those encouragements and those, those, those expressions of gratitude to others. I think about the concept of a love tank. You know, cars have a gas tank that has a fuel level that goes up and down. A metaphorical love tank is what every person has that sort of indicates how are they feeling loved right now. Do they feel loved? Is their love tank quite full? Or is their love tank pretty empty? Do they not feel very loved right now? And unfortunately, many people are walking around with love tanks that are relatively empty. And one of the great ways to fill up someone's love tank is through our words. Genuine words of affirmation, encouragement, gratitude. So parental blessings and just any blessings that we give to other people are meant to be spoken. Now, a third aspect of parental blessings are that they are more like a prayer than like prophecy. You know, a blessing is not some magical formula that determines exactly what's going to happen in the future. I mean, if you listen to Isaac's blessing of his son Jacob from Genesis 27, it sounds like he's basically predicting the future when he's giving that blessing. But it's not predicting the future. It's not prophecy of exactly what will happen. Instead, it's an expression of his wishes and his desires for what will happen in his child's life. In this sense, a blessing is more of a prayer. Asking God to work in this child, through that child, even though ultimately it's God's choice of what God is going to do. Because God's not a genie in the bottle who gives us exactly what we want. When we want it, we need to go to him and say, God, not my will, but yours be done. Yet still, here is what I would like to see you do. And so in that sense, a parental blessing is more of a prayer than prophecy. But that points to a final aspect of parental blessings I want to point out. That parental blessings are an expression of faith in God. They are trusting God, depending on God. 
Verse 20 says, By faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. You know, no matter how much we plan, we cannot control the future. Yeah, we may have plans. We may have expectations of how our week or next month or next year are going to go. But we can't control the future. Especially after we die, we have no control of what happens after we die on this earth. Yet it says that Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. So these future blessings were things that would happen after Isaac died. So he himself had no control over whether those wishes and those desires and those blessings actually would come to pass in Jacob's life. And so he was engaged either in wishful thinking or he was depending on God. I mean, those are really the two options. He's saying, I want this stuff to happen, and he's, he's trusting this stuff will happen, but he's either depending on God or he's engaged just in wishful thinking of hoping but having no real basis for confidence. And we see in verse, 11, verse 20 of Hebrews 11 what it is. It says, by faith, Isaac invoked future blessings. By faith. It's a dependence on God. Now, what we're talking about today is, is a lot about parenting. It's a lot about you know, speaking blessings into the lives of children. And this doesn't even, again, have to be little children. It can be grown children as well, as it oftentimes was back in those ancient times. But all this talk about parenting and stuff like that raises a couple of sensitive subjects I want to address right now. And one of those subjects is that for many people, their experience with their father was not or is not that good of an experience. And so all this talk about a father and a father blessing and stuff like that, it, just, it, it touches a tender spot. And so one of the things I want to point out for all of us, regardless of our experience with our earthly father, is that if your faith is in Jesus, then you have a heavenly father who blesses you. If our faith is in Jesus, if we're trusting in, in Jesus to, to forgive us of our sins, reconcile us with God, then we have a heavenly father who blesses us. And one of the clearest expressions of that blessing is in Numbers chapter 6. Picking up in verse 22 of Numbers 6, it says, The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons, This is how you are to bless the Israelites. So God is giving instructions of how to bless other people. This is what God's will is. He wants people to be blessed in this manner with these words. He says, Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Now maybe your earthly father never spoke words of blessing to you in this manner. Maybe when you think about your earthly father, whether he is still alive or not, when you think about words that he spoke, most of what comes to mind are words of criticism or anger. Or maybe your dad was or is someone who just keeps their thoughts inside, especially their affections inside, that, yeah, you, you think or you even know they love you, but he rarely, if ever, expresses that in words. Or maybe when you think of your father, there's just this, this hole because your father died when you were so young or your father just was absent, maybe even abandoned you and the family. But we have to remember that regardless of our experience with our fathers here on this earth, 
we can have a heavenly Father who loves us deeply and who blesses us. I want to just put this idea of, of loving Father in, in more human terms to make it a little bit more real for us by showing you a picture. And this picture shows me as a baby being held by my grandfather uh, quite a few years ago at this point. But, but one of the things, as I look at this picture, I mean, you can only see a portion of my grandfather because kind of a side of his face. But you can still see, even in that picture, this pride, this joy, this love that he has in me when I was there as a baby. And for me, this picture is very special because this grandfather died when I was only two years old. I don't remember him at all personally. But I can tell even from that picture and from other stories how much pride and joy and love he had in me. And, and that fills me with, with gratitude and with joy even now as I think about that. And I think this picture is a picture of God's heart for us. That God for us has a fatherly pride, a joy, a love over us and for us. That blessing out of Numbers chapter 6 says, the Lord make his face to shine upon you. I mean, it's the idea of that, again, that pride, that joy, that love that he has for us and over us. We have a heavenly father who loves us richly and who blesses us. And I think one of the fascinating things to look at back in Numbers chapter 6 is that God dictated this blessing. God did not leave it to chance. He actually gave the words that he wanted to be included in the blessing the priests were to give to the people because he wanted people to understand on an ongoing basis his heart for them, that we, through faith in Jesus, can have a heavenly Father who loves us deeply and who blesses us. Lord, bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face shine upon you. So that's one of those sensitive topics. Say, yes, I recognize that that here on this earth, many people have experiences with their earthly father that are less than ideal. There's no perfect earthly father, and some fall farther from that ideal than others. But all of us can have a perfect heavenly father who loves us deeply. Now, one of the other sensitive topics as we come to this passage is that not everyone has children. And there are some people out there, actually many people out there, who long for children, who desperately want children, but for whom that's not happening for various reasons. And there are others who, for some reason or another, when they, they think about children, they just have pain associated with that thought. And I recognize that, that because of that, parts of this message may be touching a tender spot. And what I'm going to say next won't necessarily heal that pain, but it does help to broaden the application of this passage into all of our lives, regardless of whether we have children. So here's the other thing I want to point out, that we can all speak blessing into anyone's life. We all can do that. We can all speak blessing into anyone's life. The concepts we're talking about apply to anyone that we're around, whether classmates or co-workers or other family members or a sports team or here at church or even strangers that we observe from a distance. I've seen a number of times where I've had a stranger come up to me or to my wife, and we don't know them, and we will probably never see them again. But they were observing something that we were doing, something about us, something maybe about our parenting or something, and they come up to affirm us verbally. That still means a lot. 
even coming from someone who is a stranger. Ephesians 4.29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. So it's saying, don't let words of death come out of your mouths. Because remember, the tongue has the power of life and death. So don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. But only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. They may benefit those who listen. So we are to benefit or to build others up according to their needs. Now the reality is everyone has needs. Whether it's an emptiness that needs to be filled, whether it's discouragement that needs to be encouraged, whether it's a brokenness that needs to be healed, everyone has these sorts of needs to be encouraged, to have life spoken to them. I think of a story from the book The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. In that book, he tells of a husband and wife named Keith and Allison. He says that many years ago, when Allison was in college, she took a few courses in journalism, just elective courses near the end of her college career. Journalism was not her major, but she took a few classes because she enjoyed writing. In the years after college, she wrote a few articles, submitted them to magazines for publication. Her articles were rejected. And this discouraged her. She got busy with other parts of life. And, and, and so years and years passed. Different life stages came and went. And so later in life, she, she had some extra time. So she started writing again. But, but she didn't want to submit them for publication. She was just writing just because she enjoys writing. And one evening, her husband picked up one of the things that she'd written that was there on a table, and he read it. And she came over to her where she was reading a book. And Keith said to Allison, I'm sorry to interrupt your reading, but I have to tell you this. I just finished reading your article. Allison, you are an excellent writer. This stuff ought to be published. You write clearly. Your words paint pictures that I can visualize. You have a fascinating style. You have to submit this stuff to some magazines. Allison, she was kind of timid in this, thinking back to years earlier. She said, do you really think so? He said, I know so. I'm telling you, this is good. And that gave Allison the courage that she did not have earlier, but it gave her the courage to submit some writing to magazines once again. And this time, some of her articles were accepted for publication. And in the years following, she wrote many articles for publication that were published, along with a book that was published. This all brought her such joy, a new feeling of purpose in life. And none of that would have been unlocked in her life if not for the kind, encouraging, thoughtful words that were verbalized to her by her husband. And this shows it doesn't, even, doesn't just have to be a parent-child relationship where someone speaks words of encouragement and affirmation. It can be any relationship that we have. And I think it's important that, that, that really we build a lifestyle of this. When we have good thoughts about someone, that we verbalize them, whether it's in writing, maybe an email or a text message or a handwritten note or card. Even better frequently is when it's verbalized, even face-to-face. -face. And I think it's valuable to set aside even specific times, to be very intentional, to put forethought into the words that we're going to use to bless someone. Because that can be so incredibly meaningful. I think how back about a week ago or so was my wife's birthday, and, and that was something I, I decided, okay, I'm just going to write some things down of, of things I love about Shelley. 
I, I knew this would be meaningful. I underestimated how meaningful that really was for her. It was, you know, taking intentional time to think and pray through words of encouragement and affirmation. It can be so meaningful. This is also why, personally, I enjoy giving annual reviews here at Freedens to the rest of the staff team. I enjoy that because it's an opportunity to speak words of encouragement and affirmation into their lives. And I recognize at times it feels a little bit awkward when you're face-to-face with someone saying things that, and saying them directly that are positive, and it can be awkward to be on the receiving end of that a little bit just to feel kind of self-conscious. But at the same time, I know that it's filling their love tanks. It's helping them feel affirmed and encouraged, and especially in today's world where there are so many stressors and challenges and words of death flying everywhere and people complaining and hardships and trials. People need those words of affirmation and encouragement and blessing. So I want to encourage each of us to be intentional in this, of making this a lifestyle and also being intentional in those specific times to do that as well. Because living by faith includes praying for others and speaking words of blessing to them. I mean, think about if you are a parent, whether your child is, is still very young or your parent is, is significantly older, adulthood. Um, but I think about parents. If we are not speaking words of blessing into our child's lives, who will? Who will? Because I pretty much guarantee that children, once they reach a school age and on through the rest of life, are going to at times hear words of death. They're going to be hearing discouraging words or insulting words or complaining words. So who's speaking words of life into them? And we, as parents, have an opportunity to speak to them in a way that no one else really can. Words that are so meaningful. So if not us, then who will? This is a God-given responsibility to speak words of encouragement and blessing to children. But I think about other relationships as well. Whether it's co-workers or family members or, or friends. If not you, then who will speak words of blessing? Because if everyone thinks, well, someone else will, or if everyone's just so busy going through their lives that we don't speak those words of blessing, who will? I think that's why many people are walking through life with a love tank that's relatively dry. Because we get so caught up in busyness in ourselves that we fail frequently to speak words of affirmation and encouragement that we could and should. Because if not us, who will? I mean, I think of workplaces. Workplaces are one of those, those, those places where there's oftentimes a lot of discouragement and complaining. But what if we were God's conduits of blessing and encouragement in our workplace? I know that can change people's outlook. That can change people's lives. That can change even the whole culture of a workplace. Proverbs 18.21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death. It really does. Now, you may be hearing this today and thinking, you know, I, I need to grow in this. I know I do. This is convicting for me, especially with my kids, because it can be easy. I, I, mean, I, want, I do give them words of encouragement, but I also recognize that, you know, when you're a parent, sometimes you get caught up in, in too much correction or in just things that are nagging and stuff like that. And you may be sitting here thinking, well, man, I fail so much at this. I have so much room for growth. I've, I've wasted so many opportunities and so much time. 
But I think even for this, if this is your mentality, what's going through your mind right now, Hebrews 11 is still an encouragement for us. Because do you know much about the life of Isaac or Jacob? Those are the two men in our passage that we looked at today who are giving the blessings. Do you know much about their lives? Their lives were messy. I mean, they were very messy, especially Jacob's. But Isaac as well, if you study his life, he was very passive, including as a dad. But Jacob, I mean, his life was messy. Messy. I mean, he lived a very self-centered life. He lied. He manipulated. He showed blatant favoritism to some of his kids. He let pretty much all his kids just run wild with little to no accountability. He, he didn't honor God with many parts of his life. Yet God still chose to work in him and through him in amazing ways. It shows God's grace working in ways that we don't deserve and can't earn. But God is gracious to bring good things even out of messy situations. And I think about how Hebrews 11 highlights that these two men, Isaac and Jacob, blessed their children, even at the end of these two men's lives. They blessed their children, an act of faith, an act of love. And we too, regardless of how old our children are, or regardless of whether or not we have children, can seek to be an intentional blessing to other people around us, even starting today or ramping up today. Because the tongue really does have the power of life and death. Encouraging people could tear people down, but let's use our words to encourage those around us. Be conduits of God's grace and God's love. We know we have a God who wants to bless us and bless other people. We can be conduits of that blessing and grace to the lives of those around us. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you that you are a God who loves to bless people. You've blessed us so richly through Christ. Uh, Ephesians 1, Paul talked about how we've been blessed in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. Lord, what, what a blessing that is. We thank you that you do not withhold blessings from us. That you do not withhold your love from us. That you so love the world that you sent your one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Lord, we thank you that you're a God who has externalized and verbalized your love. And I pray that you will work in each one of us, empower us by your Holy Spirit, inspire us by the example of you through Jesus especially, to be conduits of your grace and love to those around us. We know that as we look at our family and our friends, co-workers, classmates, so many others around us, even strangers, there are a lot of people who are struggling they need words of life. Lord, I know that we need words of life as well. I pray that we will speak those to one another as a church family, that we will receive those words of life from you, and that they will speak them into the lives of those around us for your good and for your glory. We pray these things in your name.